Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 222, and today I am fired up because we're going to do another hot seat session. And for those of you that are brand new to the show and you're like, what is a hot seat session? It's where I take someone's business that is uh, having some issues, some problems, maybe some sticking points, and then I go in and try to give them some advice. And that's what I'm going to do here. And we had uh, a gentleman submit his uh, his questions, and I said, you know what? This might make a really good hot seat. So I asked him if it would be okay to share his uh, his struggles, his sticking points, and he said, yeah, no problem. His name is Carl, and uh, yeah, he's... Uh, He's got a product up and running, but his uh, his question was, Scott, I, I got my product launched and I did everything I thought by the book and, uh, well, my product just won't sell. Why? And uh, I said, well, let me take a look here. So I've got uh, the product itself, so I'm not going to reveal that, but I'm going to go through and kind of look at the uh, the data that he had and also some of the data that I would have looked at or some of the things that are currently in the listing that I would change. And there's a lot of different things actually through this that you're going to you're gonna find out that he can change. So this isn't going to be something where I'm going to say, nah, you just picked a bad product. I think that it has some promise. I just think that we need to do a few different things to uh, to kind of reset and start again, uh, but I, uh, I can't do this alone. I got to have a little help, right? Well, I invited my good buddy, Chris Schaefer, back on the show. Always great hanging out with him, and for those of you that don't know, him and I just recently did an event, a live event with 30 Amazon sellers, and it was called TAS Breakthrough Live. We loved it. It was awesome. It was in Denver, and uh, we had 10 hot seats that day, so 10 businesses that were already selling, and then from there, I had 20 people that were there in attendance as well, so we had 30 people in a room all talking about Amazon businesses and uh, helping each other through these different struggles or sticking points wherever they were in the business. And uh, if you guys want to see some highlights or some clips of that, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash live. And uh, also, if you want to register for uh, when we are going to be announcing, I guess it's like a pre-notification list, I guess we would call that, is where I'll let you know um, if and when we do another one. We are leaning towards doing another one possibly in October 2016. So if you want more info on that and maybe want to attend, definitely go register over there. And that is at theamazingseller.com forward slash live. So today's session is going to be very similar to one of those sessions that we did there. So really excited for you to hear this. I think you're going to pull a lot of value away from this. So depending on where you are in the process or in your business, I think it's going to be very beneficial. So I'm going to stop talking now so you guys can enjoy this. And uh, yeah, so enjoy the hot seat. All right. Well, hey, Chris, what is going on, man? Glad to have you back on the show to do another hot seat. What's going on? Glad to be back, my friend. Not a whole lot, man. It is a bright and sunny day outside. The birds are chirping. I'm hanging out with <laughs> Scotty V bright and early in the morning. So there's absolutely nothing to complain about. And I'll tell you what, I'm fired up because I absolutely love doing these hot seats. Yeah, I think doing them in Denver, uh, you know, in the past uh, when we uh, when we did that one, uh, you know, our recent TAS breakthrough live, uh, that was awesome, right? A full day of this type of stuff. So yeah, that was cool. So we are excited to do this. So anyone listening right now, if you guys want to check out more about hot seats and and all that stuff, we are going to link up on this episode, the show notes to uh, some of the past hot seats that we've done. And also we'll give you guys the uh, the link to head over and check out the next upcoming live event, which we are 
contemplating, we're thinking possibly October 2016, but we're not 100% sure yet. But the link to that will be theamazingseller.com forward slash live. And uh, you can check that stuff out and probably see some of the highlights over there right now. But uh, yeah, Chris, here's what we're going to do. All right. I've got an email here from Carl and Carl had launched a product. After researching for a product, um, he found a product which he thought was going to be uh, good and he, and he thought that the numbers looked pretty good and um, he's asking like, okay, I feel like I've done everything that you've said to do and that you know others have said to do and uh, you know I've even went ahead and, and uh, launched the product, I did my giveaways, I got some reviews coming in, I turned on pay-per-click, but I have no sales, not at all. Only one sale since my product went live in January. That's pretty bad, right, Chris? I mean, what do you think? I mean, what do you think that we can do for this guy? Let's let's dive in and take a look. I want to know a little bit more about specifically what he's struggling with, but I think we can find a couple things that he can maybe tweak and change. If there is demand in that market, I, I'm sure we'll be able to get him to at least a couple sales a day or a couple sales a week, you know, which is which is better than one in six months. So let's see what we can do from there. Yeah, well, you know, I was I was kind of leading in there. I kind of already know what we're gonna what we're gonna say, right? We've already did a little bit of homework, but to let others know, when you get to this point, you don't know unless you know some of the of, of the data, right? And and we look, you know, Chris and I wanted to prepare a little bit so we didn't have to waste any time on here but there are some pretty obvious things and I also should say that there is there is volume in this market there is sales but there could be one little issue of why you may not be able to get a lot of that without a lot of work but there are there are uh, products right now selling currently right now on the high end and yeah, I mean high end I'm saying like volume wise like there's a lot of sales being generated but there's a brand that's taking up a lot of those but to, to kind of see the depth, there are still uh, some players there that I think that you can go in and tap into that. So let's kind of look at, you and I are going to be looking at this, obviously everyone listening now, they can't look at it, but you can follow along with what we're, we're, we're uh, seeing here and we'll kind of describe what we're seeing. But let me go ahead, I'm going to pull it up through Jungle Scout. Now we're not going to give away the product, obviously, uh, but what we're going to do here is kind of look at the numbers and kind of give you guys a clear picture of what this would look like. So if we're looking at typing in his main keyword, Keyword, okay, the main keyword that he's going after. So if it was garlic press, it would be garlic press, right? Here are the numbers right now. And Chris, then I'm going to have you tell me what your thoughts are uh, about this, okay? And maybe we can talk about how we can kind of reverse this back. So the very first listing is getting 1,717 monthly sales with 875 reviews, and they are charging twenty $21.95. All right. Now, if we move into the second listing that comes up in ranking, they're getting 209 sales. It's a pretty big drop. Then we go to number three spot, 88 sales. We've got number four spot, 128 sales. We've got the five spot of 876 sales. Then we have the sixth spot at 537 sales. And then we've got the seventh spot with 513 sales. And then we've got the eighth spot with 66, the ninth with 29, the tenth with 535, the 11th with 249, and then 12th uh, with 565. Let's just stop right there. All right. Now, Chris, what's your thoughts on that? So there's a couple things. First, seeing that kind of order, right, where you go from like 17 down to 200 to 88 and then back up to 876 and 500, this tells me that this might not be the main keyword that's driving sales, first of all. Mm-hmm. 
The second thing that I've noticed and looking at this, guys, you probably can't see this, but the guy selling 1700 and 581 and 733, all the same guy, right? Yeah. And then, you know, there was another listing. It was number six and number seven, 537 and 513, right? Again, the same guy. So it looks like there's there's two kind of brands that are really dominating most of the volume in this space, which would concern right. me a little bit up front. But there is some depth of market there. If you can squeeze your way in, you should still be able to get some sales from those. Yeah, let's let's do let, let's do this. And and th- this was kind of like your recommendation when e- even when we were kind of looking at these before we got on here is like let's sort them by estimated sales, right? So if you're in Jungle Scout and you're typing in your main keyword and you're looking at the top you know, like 1 through 16 listings, um it, you know and you want to kind of see like okay, who's number 1, you know, who who's selling number 4, who's selling number 7, and then you want to see where those numbers are because we always talk about we want to come somewhere in the top 10 as long as we got like, you know, 3,000 sales or more per month. Well, this is what you had said to do Chris, which I I agree with, is if you sort it by sales, estimated sales, then we can see that the one spot is uh, the main player, okay, 1,717 sales with 875 reviews, okay? Now, the number five spot comes up as the next most sales, okay? And they are just a regular brand. They're not like a major brand. So they did squeeze their way in there, okay, at number five. And they're getting 876 sales with only 136 reviews, okay? And they're higher priced. And they're higher priced. They're 2597 Okay, and then the 16th spot all the way to the bottom. And the reason why I'm doing it in that order, because that's the next order of sales. So 733 sales um, and they're in the 16th, 16th position. That's because it's the same company as the number one listing. And then the number 12th spot, again, the same brand as the number one listing. So they're definitely getting some cross sales. The other thing that we should probably mention here is this product is really a stylized product, if that's, is that even a word, Chris? Stylized is in fact a word, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it just kind of rolled off my tongue, so I wanted to make sure that it was, and if it isn't, it's it's a word now, but you, you see what I'm saying? It's like, this product, there could be many, many different styles, and depending on the style that you like, could drive sales. Uh, rather than it just being like a standard stainless steel garlic press, right? There's different versions. This market cares if it's round, square, rectangular, triangular, triangular, there's a good one. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Octagonal, (laughs) you know, let's just throw out all the, all the, uh, geometry terms. I like, but no, I mean, that's, that's kind of a key in this market as well is the customer does actually care not just about the function, but also about the form and what it looks like. Absolutely. They're definitely, I think they're definitely driven by style, um, by, by, you know, by a long shot. Now let's kind of go back now. So if we're looking at the, the sales volume, if, if all we did was look at the sales volume from one, uh, to, to the most that are selling and let's say to, let's say all the way down to almost like the ninth or 10th position, if you tallied them up, you're definitely at over 3000 sales but like we said that one company is taking up a good majority of those sales but does that mean that you can't still swoop in there and grab you know there's there's uh this one uh seller right now they're selling 128 a month at 2897 okay and they have 597 reviews but they're selling 128 okay so 
there's still you can still get some sales. It just might not be at that level unless you really want to push it. Now, if you push it and it's a stylized business and you're not or a product and you're not uh, the one that people are liking because of that certain style or color or whatever, that's going to be a problem. Right. No matter how well you rank on that page, it's not going to matter. Okay, um, so that's that's like one big thing. Um, so anyway, that's kind of talking about taking these numbers and and kind of reversing them back. Now, I will say the reviews didn't really scare me here, Chris. Um, I mean, there's some that are like the, you know, the top player there is like 875, you know, what's he got there? Like 500. Um, another one, I think he has uh, 393, 387. But there's the one that's selling 876 and they're selling for 2597. They've only got 136 reviews. Right. So you, you you average out to right around 300. So the reviews wouldn't be a concern to me. Obviously, the guy that's selling 1700 a month is going to have more reviews than anybody else just by sheer randomness. Right. You know, they're just selling more. So they're going to get more reviews even without doing something like a follow up sequence. So that guy wouldn't bother me. You average out to right around 300 reviews. So that number doesn't scare me either. The price point, at least, is somewhat correct right there's one guy that kind of drags down the average but most people are selling between 19 and 30 dollars um so you know that's okay to me the only concern that i would have looking at this up front is just that it is dominated mostly by two brands but you should still be able to siphon away some sales from that yeah and i'm looking here again i i went back to sorting it by just rank um, or I'm sorry, sales. And, and I'm looking at like right here, we've got, you know, two brands that, um, each of them are getting about 530 sales a month and they're right around 170 to 190 reviews. So, you know, one, one person I think is doing better, um, because they're priced at 1695, but the other one's at 2697, right. right? So I clearly don't think that a price is a problem here. I think because what what is uh, what is Carl's price? Do we have that handy um, currently? Uh, let me see here. I did have eighteen ninety nine. Okay, so clearly that price to me isn't the problem. Okay, so now let's start talking about what that problem may be. Number one, not showing up on page one or even close to it. We went and digging like 10, 12 pages deep. Couldn't even find um, find the the listing at all but let's first off talk about even if we were on page one or for running sponsored ads because that's kind of what we can do right here's the reason why I believe one of the main reasons why uh why you Carl don't have the sales that you want okay number one I think the images okay Chris let's talk a little bit about the images yeah they're not great um when you pull up the the listing, that's the first thing that I was drawn to, even before some of the other things that we're going to talk about. But one, they look like they were taken either by the manufacturer or like with a cell phone. Mm. Um, cell phones can create really nice pictures if they're lit correctly, all of those kinds of things. But they're kind of blah. First of all, it's not on, the the main image is not on a white background, which it needs to be. Um, well, I think it was on a white background, but the problem with that is the lighting is off. So because the lighting is off, you're not getting that true. They call it a high key, uh, background. So you're not, it's looking like it's a, it's a gray, grayish, like a light gray. And that's a common thing that happens when you don't have good lighting. And this looks like it was just shot with a, a cell phone. So it's, it's kind of like on a gray, almost like look, and technically you're not supposed to have that, but it also makes it look a little dingy, a little, you know, it just makes it look a little drab. It doesn't look like, like really vibrant. Um, it doesn't, 
it doesn't show the product well at all. And the picture, we also, Chris and I pulled the picture and we we uh, we ran the uh, the pixel size on it. It's actually 1,500 pixels by 1,000 pixels. So it doesn't even engage the rollover feature, which I think is another issue. Um, but yeah, there's, there's some different things that we could do here. Um, what do you think right off the bat that uh, he could do with this image? And just to let people know too, like there's four different, um, products that come in this. So it's like a bundle. So Chris, what would you do here? What would, I mean, to test an image. So the first thing that I would do is I would go look at my competitors, right? Ah, and yes. for the first thing that you'll notice, Carl, is that their images are on point. Their images, especially their main images are all very, very, very high quality photos, right? It lets you see some of the detail, even without engaging the rollover feature, you can see what they are. You can see what's going on. But they also have this bundle arranged in a certain way. And most of the competitors that are selling are using that pattern. So, and Scott, you've heard me use this term, funnel hacking, right? Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure out what other people are doing. We're not stealing their image, but we're we're going with what we think works based on what we can see. And so my first suggestion would be to have you know, new images taken and use the layout that they're using as the basis of your your new photos right you can test a different layout later but go with what they're doing right look at the pattern that the and the way that they're laying things out in their photos and start with that to me that's the only place you can start because they're the ones who are selling and it looks like everybody who's selling is doing something in a very similar way the second thing that i would do is i would look at their supporting photos right from your pictures, I have no idea if I get the entire bundle, if I just get one of the things in the bundle. It's not very clear. And in theirs, they do kind of make it clear. The third thing that they do is they've added a bunch of lifestyle photos. And in this market, the lifestyle photos are probably what's actually going to sell the product. What are your thoughts on that, Scott? Yeah, you know, coming from a, a photographer myself uh, in my past, uh, yeah, um, this this product definitely lends itself very well to a lifestyle um, photos. Um, so I would be using them, um, even though you're showing the uh, the product. Um, you know, you, you're not really filling up the image with the product as much as you could. Um, you're not showing it actually being used. Um, I think any time that we can show a product being used, it, it allows you to see number one the size of it. It allows you to see like how it you know how it works, you know how it's being used, what it's being used for. Like all of those things help the buyer imagine themselves using it. Okay, or using it on whatever they're going to use it on. Um, so yeah, lifestyle images I think are huge. I think right now. One of your biggest, biggest problems is the pictures. So if this was me, the very first thing that I'd be doing is getting the new pictures done. And I'd have them professionally shot. I would spend the money. I wouldn't care at this stage if it cost me $500 to get these really great pictures with models. Because to me, that's what's going to sell the product. And if you're going to start running pay-per-click, which I would do, then I would want my images to be on point because we all know that when you're scrolling through, you know, whether you're on a sponsored ad or if you're on an organic ad, when you're looking at the thumbnail, that's what's going to drive you to want to click. And with your thumbnail, it's really even hard to tell what it is. And if we're talking about like it being style, you know, a certain style, 
you want to be able to, to show a close-up of that style rather than me having to squint to see it in a thumbnail. Right. Um, and you can see just because of the, I mean, Chris, are you looking at, um, you and I are sharing a screen here, but can you see how this image is a, you know, that's why everything is 1500 by 1500 pixels, right? It's a square image and you can see because your background isn't purely white, you can see that yours is 1500 wide, but it's only a thousand high. You're not filling up the extra 250 on the top and 250 on the bottom that you could be because it's just not laid out properly. You can see it on your vertical pictures. You can see it on the horizontal pictures, you know? So you really want to utilize that space properly and have it the right size because then Amazon is also going to give you a little bit more love with the rollover feature and all of that. And Chris, you and I, we weren't sure if it if it had the rollover feature. Let me let me go over to the competitor and see what happens there on theirs. It might not, it might just have the zoom. It looks like it just has the zoom feature. Yeah. Which which is still important, right? If it doesn't have the rollover feature, but it has the zoom feature, you know where you see that little magnifying glass that you can you can click the plus sign and then it zooms in on it. Um, you know that's uh, that's still good. But if you're just look, if we're just scrolling um, on the on the main image for the thumbnail on page one, all of the ones on page one are pretty well done. You know, pre- pretty well done. So I would model that. That would be the very first thing um, that I would do. Um, anything else on the images before we move on to the next thing? No, I just want to reiterate, and Scott, this is something you and I talked about, and man, what episode was it? I think it was 174, is that KDK? Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is, again, a very similar product to that where the images are the only thing that's going to sell this product mm. for most people. They already know what they want coming in, and so it is kind of style, color, pattern driven like we talked about but they need to know exactly what it is and what it's going to look like when they're using it and that's where those those things like the lifestyle photos really come in handy because it lets them put themselves in that image and say okay I know that in my experience this is what it's going to look like as opposed to just kind of the product on a flat background um, in kind of an uninspiring photo right yeah just the product by itself doesn't show anybody anything they already know what it looks like when it's laid out flat they want to see what it looks like when it's actually being used yeah i agree so i i would that would be my my very first thing um okay let's move on to something really simple let's just talk about the title real quick um i i think the title is okay um i think and I'm not quite sure here, Chris. I think you could probably even add a little bit more to that title. It seems very short, which is it's okay if it's got your main keywords in there. But I think you could go probably a little bit more with it. And the other thing that I'm noticing is that your your very first word, so let's just say garlic, the, the G would be capitalized. But then the press part would be not capitalized. I want to see all of the words capitalized. Okay, it just looks more like um, like a headline, like like a subject line. Um, and, and if you look at all of your, um, you know, all of the com- you know the competitors and stuff, everyone has that. It looks cleaner. It's easier to read. Um, and I don't know if it has any more weight. It probably doesn't have any more weight with search. Don't know that for sure. But um, if it's anything like bolding on a blog post or something, it could. But I don't know. Uh, but I would say just for the the look of it, I would want that that capitalized. What's your thoughts on the title? So there's a couple things here. First, you always want your title to be title case, right? Which is what you were talking about there, Scott. The first letter of every word should be capitalized. There's two reasons for that. One, that's the correct way to do it. 
And two, it looks like you actually put in time and effort into the, into creating the listing, right? If somebody's scrolling through and they see, you know, these photos and kind of a, a lowercase title on the listing, to me, that indicates that it's probably a lower quality product, right? Because the everybody else that you're competing against has a title case. They've taken really nice photos. And so it makes them stand out when compared to you specifically. The other thing, uh, and there's two more. One, it's just not filled out the entire way. Take advantage of as many characters as you have in your title, as long as you're not just stuffing it with words to make it make sense. Your competitors, especially in this case, are filling out their title spaces with really well-written titles, specifically the guys that are selling a lot. They are telling people exactly what they're getting. And Scott, if you can go back to that listing for just a second. Yeah. And so it says, it does say in the title that it's a set. So like a, a package, but it doesn't tell me how many come in. This mm, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Everyone and, else on page one has, has how many comes within in that pack. Right. And that lets me understand as I'm scrolling through these exactly how many I'm going to get. And then the last thing, and it's not necessarily something you have to do, but I would probably drop it is, I don't necessarily think you need your brand name in the title there. Mm. Um, you know, it looks like the number one guy is doing it, but they are a, a fairly well-known brand in the space. Yeah. Um, and so that I think is fine because they wanted to make sure they come up for search. No one is really going to search for our private label brands unless we've been selling for a while and they're coming back to buy again. So I would use those characters for something that's actually going to drive sales for you. So rewrite that title and I think you'll get a lot more benefit out of it. And because in this case, we're dealing with a variation listing, we have two different variations. We get to rewrite two titles for the variations and then you can rewrite the title for the parent. And if you do all three of those things, you may see a jump in where you rank for search just from that because you're going to be yeah. much more relevant. Now, I, I want to kind of go back to this because I think this is pretty important. Um, I'm looking at the number one, two, three, the fourth position one, okay? And they're selling for $25.97. They, uh, they have 136 reviews and they have exactly what we're talking about. They have the picture, which is really nice and clear and you can see exactly what it is. It also, I don't see the brand name in there, but it says clearly what it is. And it also says that it's a pack and it says the number, like it, let's say it's a six pack, right? And then it gives a few more of the, the things that it's there for also gives people the idea that this could potentially be a gift, right? So if your item can be a gift, put it in there, okay? Perfect for whatever, right? Um, now, I know there's some out there in terms of service. Well, you're only supposed to say specifically what it is. Um, well, to me, that is what it is. It's It could be for that. If you're selling something to the wedding market, well, it could make a great wedding gift. Um, some, I, You know, I'm okay with that and until, you know, Amazon would tell me otherwise. Um, but I just think that it's still you're adding the value. In, in this case, I don't think it's a problem because this is probably why it would be bought, right? Yeah. We're not saying it's a prime day gift. Right. Right. We're not saying it's a... Christmas gift yep. and it's clearly Black you know, Friday or American flag right. underwear or something. Yeah, right. Exactly. That we're just changing that and adding that to boost sales. No, in, in this case, it actually does make sense because I probably wouldn't buy this for myself. I mean, I, I may use it and Scott's going to laugh in the background because <laughs> he knows what the product is, but <laughs> I would definitely buy this for other people. And in that case, it's a gift. Right. 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 Yeah. So, um, okay. So I just wanted to point that out, but I'm, I'm, I'm clearly looking, you know, again at the top 
16 on page one. And this, these guys here at 2597, let's see if we go back here. Uh, which one was that? It was this one right here. Yeah, they're selling 876 a month. Um, now, what I'm going to do, Chris, while maybe you dig into something else, I'm going to go do a little camel, camel, camel and see how long they have been selling just for kicks. I think that'll be kind of fun to do. Um, but let's let's move into the search terms because I think we we uh, we looked at his search terms in the back end. He shared the back end of his listing. Let's talk a little bit about the back end of of the uh, of the listing. Yeah, and so the, the guys, for those of you who don't know or maybe are new to the podcast, there's two areas that really drive your organic rank in terms of relevance. It's the title and the search terms portion of your listing. The search terms are in the keywords section of the back end of your listing. And filling both of those sections out to the best of your ability is critical to making sure that you rank on Amazon. Now, obviously, driving through sales is what's going to keep you ranking and, and drive you up further, but having those words there to begin with is what Amazon looks at to make you relevant. So if you're not completely filling out both the title and the search terms fields, make sure that you're doing that. And in this case, it's kind of like the title. The search terms fields do have some terms in them, but they are not filled out the whole way. Um, And so that would be the first thing that I would go do, you know, go fill out the search terms and then get with a professional photographer, get some new photos taken, maybe rewrite that title and go from there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it looked like you filled out kind of one line and then there's one or two other additional terms filled out in the search terms. Make sure you're filling that out until you get the, you can't type anything else in here message mm. from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's your indication that you've done a good job and that you have nothing else to do there. And, and you want to do that for a couple different reasons too, right? We're not necessarily just putting them back there uh, to, um, to rank necessarily. We are, but the other benefit is now you're also making your listing relevant by putting them in there because Amazon is got, is now going to be able to look at that data and say, okay, so now when we're doing pay-per-click, we're going to be able to allow you to be seen for these keywords because it's in your listing, right? So you you want to put those in there for for ranking reasons, for search reasons, um, and for relevancy. Um, so that that's why I think it's really important to fill that out. And literally, I think, let me go back. I'm going to do this on the fly here, Chris, but we'll look at... at um, at uh, that screenshot that he shared with us, if I can find it uh, on the fly here. But um, there was only like one or two words on a few of those lines, right? Yeah, and it looked like the first line was filled out pretty well. And then kind of beyond that, it was just one or two words on each line. Um, you know, I take advantage of the space. And that's something, Scott, that you and I see quite often when when people say, hey, can you take a look at this? Or, you know, when we're in Miami or in Denver and we're, we're looking at people's stuff, we say, oh, man, you know, here's part of your problem. Let's make sure we fill that out entirely. And it looks like that first line is fairly well filled out. And then line two just has one word, line three, line four, line five, all only have one word. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's big. Um, right there. So there, there's another big, uh, big takeaway for you, Carl, or anyone else out there, go into your search terms, make sure that you're, you're filling in all of those. They give you all of these, all of these, uh, you know, characters to put in there, you know, fill it out. Um, you know, there, it's not going to hurt anything. If anything, it's going to give you, uh, you know, better chances of being found. Um, but you know, I want to kind of go into the pay-per-click now too, because, you know, 
for being able to run pay-per-click and then not getting any sales, that's a pretty good indication that there's probably a problem with the conversion of that listing. We talked about the images. That's a big one. That's a big one. If you're running pay-per-click and your images are terrible, um, you know, and I'm not saying these image images are necessarily terrible, terrible. They're just not good. <laughs> you know, it, I guess would be a nicer way of saying it, but they're not terrible. Um, they're just, um, they could be improved a lot. Um, especially, especially given the competition in this market. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. It's not that they're necessarily inherently bad photos. They're not great photos for the market. Exactly. One, the buyers are very photo driven in this market. And two, your competition is kicking butt with their photos. They mm. have great photos. And so to even be on the same level as them in the mind of the consumer, you have to have a similar quality of photos. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk about the pay-per-click now because, you know, Carl said, you know, I've been running pay-per-click too and nothing just seems to be working. Well, one thing we noticed right out of the, right out of the gate was you have a couple of exact match campaigns set up already. You have two can you have two keywords that you're targeting for exact match. To me, you're not even close to wanting to run an exact. I mean, I don't even run an exact until I know that that has been proven to convert time and time and time again. And there's only going to be a small handful even if you get to that point. You may never get to an exact. You may just go always go to phrase, but the phrase isn't going to happen until you get out of the broad match, you know, discovery phase. And Chris, what uh episode if you could be so kind to remind everyone that you and I um did that breakdown of exactly how to set up that quick start strategy to start getting the data. Uh, the one that you and I did together? Yeah, that was uh, 119, was The AmazingSeller.com backslash 119, I believe. I was just seeing if you were paying attention. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure it was that one because there's a couple good episodes on PPC now. And that's the thing, guys. And I, I see this time and time again. A lot of people jump right in and they do phrase and exact because you say, I know what keywords or in this case, search terms, right? Let's let's clarify phrases. Uh, what search terms my customers will type in to buy my product? No, you don't. Mm. Yep. <laughs> you may think you do, and in some cases, you may be correct, but you would be surprised at some of the things that are your top performing search terms, right? So always, 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 in my opinion, start at the top, start with broad, and let the data tell you what works and what doesn't. The problem with doing something like this where you jump right into exact or even right into phrase match is you eliminate the ability to go find other things, right? I don't necessarily want to bid on the top term for, you know, the most generic word. I don't necessarily want to bid for garlic press. Mm. What I want to bid for is long-handled stainless steel garlic press because even though that's only searched five times a month, I know every time somebody clicks on it, they're going to buy it. Yeah. That's the level we have to be at before we can get to exact. Yeah, yeah. And I think the problem here with this exact um, campaign that he's running is it's like one word, you know, exact. It's a one-word phrase. Yeah, right? it, Yeah. it's like so, I mean, again, garlic press, right? Or it could just be garlic Right. I mean, I wouldn't want to go after just people that are looking for garlic. Right. Even though I know that they're going to need a press for that. I wouldn't necessarily want to limit myself to that. Would I do that in a broad? Yes. 
Okay, because then it's going to give me all of these all of these random, uh, you know, you know, words that are being brought up from that main keyword. It's going to give me maybe the long handled stainless steel garlic press, um, or maybe it's going to give me, you know, the uh, maybe it's going to give me the black plastic garlic press. Right. So that's what you want to do there. But I would never be at this stage and put in an exact match keyword. Now, let's just say this. He did get a lot of impressions running uh, these different campaigns on the exact, and he got some clicks, right? But that would clearly then tell me then there's a conversion problem, right? So, I mean, we're talking 22,230 impressions with 57 clicks and only one sale, okay? And that that's his only sale to date. So while, you know, you did get that sale from an exact PPC campaign, it's probably not the keyword that you want to be going after in that in that sense, right? In an exact sense. And it's, again, Scott, you gave the example of, of just running garlic. In this case, I think it's more like running press. Yes. Right? Because yep. it's kind of related to what he is, but there's so many other things. Lemon you know, press. People might be looking for a bench press. Bench press. Or, yep. you know. Drill um, press. A drill press. Right. So, in, in this case, I would immediately pause this campaign, and it looks like from the screenshot that he did, and I would go back, I would actually probably archive it so that it, it just goes away, uh, go back and start just running those the the campaigns the way that you outlined it in the amazingseller.com slash PPC. Um, yep. yep. And I would start from there. And guys, the the lesson that we can learn here is, is twofold. One, we have to let the data make those decisions. We need to know what people are actually searching for versus what we think they're searching for, right? Mm. Because seeing this keyword here, I would never have clicked on his ad looking for what the keyword says. I mean, it is that thing, but it's a very general version of what he's selling. Mm. Yeah. And so when you get down to phrase and exact, it needs to be those longer tail terms in 90% of cases. The other one is we have a very low click through rate here. And that issue comes back to two things. One, he's advertising on a very general thing. So it's probably not what 21,000 of those 22,000 people we're looking for. Mm -hmm. And two, he's going to have a lower click-through rate because his title is not completely optimized and his images don't really stand out from the page. So even for those 1,000 people who are looking for that thing, it's not necessarily going to appeal to them when his ad shows up. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it makes sense. The one, one thing I want to pull out of this this little experiment that, that he did with the exact is, you know, it clearly shows that this, you know, you don't necessarily want to show, well, it's not that you don't want to show organically would be fine, but you're not, you don't necessarily want to pay to be shown here, but it does show me that there is a ton of, of traffic here. Right. And that's great. Right. And it also shows me that even with you not maybe being exactly what they were looking for, you still got some clicks and with those clicks, why didn't they buy? That would be my next question. Right. Right. So because of that, I'm like, why didn't they buy? Was there wasn't enough reviews? The quality of the other pictures weren't good. Um, you know, it didn't clearly state what what it uh, you know what the benefits were. Um, all of those things, I would start to say, why didn't it convert? I would say probably images and reviews are probably the reason why those fifty seven didn't, or even ten percent of those fifty seven didn't convert, right? Because that's fifty seven people that seen your listing. It's a pretty good number, and only to get one sale. So you know that to me. It shows that there's a problem with 
the listing itself. And I think that we've clearly demonstrated and, and kind of uh, you know brought the attention to those areas that I think that need to be improved. Now, the other thing is we didn't talk about how many uh, you gave away and all that stuff. And I don't think that really matters at this point for your promo. I think what you need to do, and this is what I would do, and Chris, I don't know, maybe we can kind of talk about if we were, if you and I were going to go in and and kind of work with what we have here now, what would be our first steps? I think that might be a, a good way to start. But me, right off the bat, I would say images, I'd fix the title, I'd fix the back end of the listing. I wouldn't touch pay-per-click right now. And then once I got that stuff fixed, um, you know, with the images and all that stuff, then I would plan to do another giveaway. What about you, Chris? I would agree, I would agree with that. Uh, and I think, you know... I, Again, getting the, the listing squared away first is the thing that's extremely important because if you get the search terms filled out, you get that title filled out and you get the images fixed, you might actually start picking up a couple sales, mm-hmm. even just by accident. Exactly. Right? Because you'll start to rank for more of those long tail search terms and people will actually see your listing. From there, I would do the giveaway, right? Do do something to be a little bit more review competitive. And I think the average reviews, I think we said we're right around 300, right? Yeah. And you know, you're at like 38 or 39. It's not bad. There are a couple of the listings in your market that are selling with similar numbers, but you have to be able to show up there mm-hmm. to, to even be competitive with them. So I would do a small giveaway. Um, I don't know, Scott, what, what are you thinking in terms of numbers there? Yeah, I, I think we should talk about that really quickly. Let's kind of go back to the, uh, let's see. Okay, so if we're looking again at like all of the sales that are being generated, uh, that are being generated, the number one is like seventeen hundred, right? Well, that would be like uh, how many is that per day? How many would that equate to? Uh, let's see. If we can do trying some, to make me do math, if we can r- rough math, like a hundred and some, right? If we, Should be 50, 56. Oh yeah, okay. So yeah, because a hundred would be three thousand. We'll split that in right. half. So we got fifty. So that would be fifty a day. But that's the number one. The next one is eighty or eight hundred and seventy-six. So again, you know, that's probably going to be like thirty a day. And then you got seven thirty-three again, about twenty some a day, right? And then five eighty-one. So I'd be saying, okay, which one on this page is selling a good number? that I would need to match. So I would say I'm seeing more that are selling between 500 and well, actually yeah, between 500 and 700. So I'd probably say let's start at like 500 is the average that or you know per month and let's divide that by 30. And that would be probably the number that would be a safe bet to start with um cuz I'd want to give away enough to to emulate that I'm making uh that many sales per day. Does that make sense, Chris? Right. So so what we're talking about there would be 15 16 units a day for five days. Yes. Four or five days yep. probably. Yeah. So um, let's say, so let, let's just say we did 15 and let's say we did it for five days. That'd be 75 units. If you wanted to get crazy, do a hundred units. And that way there you can do it for what's that? Seven days. If we can do math, six, that's six 105. Half, yeah. yeah. It's six and a half <laughs> days. It's 105. If you do, if you do 15 a day, for seven days, and that'd be 105. Now, out of that 105, depending on, on your, your review group, number one, you're going to get more reviews, but you're also going to have a steady set of sales very close to number one uh, rankings, um, you know, on the number one, or not the number one listing, the number one page, so that's basically page one, that's going to be the average sales, so that would make you get into the algorithm as you're generating similar sales as page one results. Um, and that's kind of how that works. So that's that's kind of how I would reverse that back myself. So 15 a day for five to seven days, dripping them out. But I wouldn't do that until I fixed 
those other things. And I think right now, because you have 30 reviews, it's okay to want to push yourself to page one. Because if you were, if you had zero reviews right now, I'd probably say saying to do something a little bit different. I'd say give away maybe 40 or 50, not to get rank and not to, you know, get on page one, but more or less to just get those reviews coming in. But you're already past that stage. Right. Does that make sense, Chris? It does. And I think the other thing that we can do is after, and I would probably do it during that giveaway phase is turn on PPC again. Yes. Um, and, you know, just to kind of recap on that, I would pause and probably archive everything that you're doing because I don't think you're going to get a lot of relevant data. I'd start out from of that scratch. At this point. Yeah. I'd start and from I would scratch. start from scratch. Start with the broad match campaigns that are outlined on the amazing slash PPC and start from there. You have 30 reviews. So you, if you've squared away the title and the photos, you should start to see a higher click-through rate from those impressions, which also should lead to a higher uh, conversion rate, which means more sales yes. as well. Yeah, no, I, I love that strategy. And again, I, I don't think that you have a loser here, right? I think that you just need to go back and retool some things. Um, now, I will say this, this is the last thing that I'll mention on this, is in the future, Okay, what you may want to do, because again, I think that your product is really driven by style, is you may want to get involved into groups or communities in this market of these of these buyers and then ask them, like, what kind of styles are they looking for or that they like or that they would want? Um, the other little tip here is your product, I can almost guarantee that would probably sell on other platforms, okay? Whether it's eBay, whether it's Etsy, whether it's Etsy. Etsy would be big. Yeah, so any of those other ones, go check out and see what's selling over on those other platforms, and then you can usually take that data and bring it over, or maybe even then ask people, hey, out of these four styles, what are your favorites? And then let them help you pick them. Um, this is why it's really important, too, that as you build a business, if you can build an email list of customers or even just people that are interested in your market, they can help you build those next products, those styles, those designs, all that stuff. Really, really important um, to be able to do that. So again, we may be doing all this work, but we may find out the reason why it's not converting is because people don't like the styles. And there's not, I, I can't say, you know, I can't say what's going to sell and what's not going to sell as far as style-wise because that's up to the market to decide. Right. It's not the same thing as taking a garlic press and saying, yeah, I'm just going to make my garlic press fit my hand better. Right. Or we're going to have it. So it's uh, it's just made better and it's just got better materials and it's going to be uh, it's going to hold the garlic differently or, you know, it's going to not clog or stuff like that. We're talking about in this case, you know, styles and could be colors and, and that type of stuff. So you really have to understand that market. And that's why I've always said, when you're going into a business, you really want to understand the market that you're going to be serving the products to. Um, Chris, is there any last little bits of advice you want to uh, chime in here with? No, I think you just nailed it, man. Really? I mean, yeah. So, you know, just just to quickly recap, Scott, and, and correct me if you feel any differently on some of these steps. Uh, first thing, Get the title, the search terms, and the images fixed. Secondly, consider doing a, a smaller giveaway, right? And third, while you're doing that giveaway, turn on PPC, kind of start from scratch on that, and go from there. Yeah, that's a nice, clean little checklist for you. Yeah, I like it. So, uh, yeah, this has been fun. I, I love doing this, uh, by the way, because, again, we're, we're seeing, like, real 
like examples here that we can really dive into and and make these improvements because sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it's you know it's not. Um, before we do go though, Chris, I did have a chance to go into Camel Camel Camel, and I was looking at that one. The one product that was kind of intriguing me is the one that is selling. Uh, which one was it here now? Now I lost it. Oh, right here. It was selling 876 per month at 2597 and it only has 136 reviews. So naturally, if you're ever doing this and that looks really good, you're like, oh, that is awesome, right? I can compete. Well, then you have to do your your uh, you know your background check here to make sure that that product wasn't just launched and someone else didn't just run a bunch of promotions. So I went into camelcamelcamel.com and I punched in the or I typed in copy and pasted the URL of that listing and I went in there and now I can see the price history and the sales rank over the course of time since it's been launched. Well, this product was launched January, okay, of this past year. All right? And when they launched, it looks like they must have did maybe a little giveaway because they launched and their their rank was pretty good. It was like between, I'd say, like five and and probably like 700, like 5,000 and like 1,000, let's say, okay? So they got right out of the gate, probably did a, a giveaway, did pretty good. Then what happened is they dropped way, way uh, off uh, the, the map there and they went down to like 41,000 uh, BSR, okay? And that tells me they probably ran out of stock. Then from there, they got stock back in. They went right back to where they were, and they were doing similar numbers. They were probably doing a little bit better, actually. They were probably doing like, gosh, it looks like 1,000 to 700, somewhere in that, 700 BSR. So they were cranking. And then, again, in March, it looks like they ran out of inventory and dropped down to 30-some thousand. Then they jumped around a little bit. Then they went back as soon as they got in stock. And since they've been in stock in April... They've been cranking really, really steadily at about 700 to 600 BSR um, in this one category. And at that cat, at that BSR, we're looking at in in uh, Jungle Scout. We're looking at like right now, they're doing 800 plus a month consistently. So, what's your thoughts on that little uh, research I just did there, Chris? I. I have to say I agree with that, especially when you go and look at how fast the drop off is. Right. Mm. So what what that tells me and guys, if you haven't ever looked at Camel, 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 go check it out. It's a really cool tool. They don't index everything, every listing on Amazon. But a lot of times you'll be able to find I'd say probably 80 percent of the time you'll find what you're looking for. If not, just drop down to the next listing and uh, 80 percent of the time it'll be there. Um, But when you look at it, they give you a sales graph or a sales rank graph. Right. And it goes straight down and straight back up, which tells me that they ran out of stock. It's not like they were playing around with their price point. It didn't kind of drop gradually. It dropped pretty fast. Yeah. And then went straight back up. So that tells me that since January, they have been selling consistently, right? If they wouldn't have run out of stock, they would have been selling 800 a day or 800 a month. Good Lord, 800 Mm -hmm. a day. Uh, (laughs) They'd have been selling 800 a month since January. They had two small blips in there where it looks like they ran out of stock. But other than that, They've been fairly consistent. And and look at here too. I just switched over to the price history and you can see that when they were running out of stock, they started to raise their price. Yep. 
You see that? And then they raised it up to $30 at one point when they ran out in March. If I go over here to March now, let's see if that was the time that they ran out. And look at that. Bingo. You can see they raised their price. You guys can't see it, but you guys can hear me visualizing what it is, right? So in March, if you were looking at March, you can see the price went up to $30. And then I switch over to sales rank in Camel, Camel, Camel. And you can see in March, that's where they started to run out of stock. So they were trying to slow it down, which I've got different feelings about that now, um, about doing that, um, just because I think that um, Amazon will also see that your conversion goes down, and then when you go get back in stock, that could hurt you, but in this case, it doesn't look like that it really hurt them. So I don't know. I'm not sure what I would do in that situation right now, depending on how quick I could get back in stock, but it's pretty cool to, to kind of see the difference in the graph and then compare it to the price history. And and it's showing you that there is, I mean, there is consistent demand in this market. These are not guys who are manipulating the algorithm no. unless they've been doing it for, you know, they're giving away 300 units a month for nine months. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> which which seems silly to me. But, you know, if you go look at some of the other ones, they'll be in Camel, Camel, Camel as well. And we can see that they've been selling consistently over a long period of time. And that ensures that we know that there is depth in that market as well. And the other little thing that I always do when I'm trying to dig into another brand, this is kind of on the fly too, guys, is now I went into that brand, right? The one that I just looked at in Camel, 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 that's selling 800 units. And they only have 136 reviews. I went and I looked at their products. Guess what? They've only got one product, this product. I did that because I wanted to see if uh, they maybe were cross-promoting, maybe they had uh, other products that were selling well that they were promoting inside of that listing. And in this case, doesn't seem to be the case. Um, I went directly into the brand. Um, so it looks like, and Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, what do we got here? No, I mean... That's see, this is this is also interesting. And guys, I know we're going a little longer than we tend to on hot seats, but this is actually a really interesting case study here. Scott, scroll back up and look at the frequently bought together. Mm. They are buying three sets mm. from three different listings together. And that's the frequently bought together. And you guys have heard us talk about that in the past. And a lot of times, you know, it only takes a couple sales, but it's interesting to me that people are buying a large volume of these together. Mm -hmm. And in this case, we've looked at all three of these listings. They're individual listings, right? Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine if you had all of those styles on one listing? Yeah. And you, I mean, or you bundled, you know, a bunch of different styles together into a, what is that, a 14 pack? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right, right. Because people are buying 14 units with all of the things that they're buying together. You may be able to pick up a, a good portion of those sales. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And, you know, to be able to see the frequently bought together and then say, okay, that's, you know, this this brand that I'm looking at, right, that's their one product, but they're buying two more frequently bought together. And guess whose they are? The one that's selling 1700 a month. It's the main the other, brand. The other two top selling listings. Yeah. So they're getting a lot of their stuff from this particular listing. Um, but again, going back to the reason why I wanted to dig in here was because I wanted to look at the brand. Okay. I want it because it says sold by, right? So you look at the sold by and then in there, you can see all the top selling products from that brand. And all there is, is that one product. Right now, if I was to do that and I seen that they were selling six other styles of the same thing and they were helping to promote this, then I'd think a little differently about their 800 sales. But this is a true 800 sales, um, you know, per month and they aren't doing anything, you know, anything differently. And they're not like doesn't appear that they're doing promotion after promotion after promotion. They're just doing that one to get on the map and then the rest kind of 
starts to take place. Now, they probably are doing a little bit of pay-per-click. I didn't have time to dig into that, but I just wanted to dig into that on the fly because I think that's important. And that's kind of how I work. Chris works. It's kind of how we reverse back some of the data so we don't get fooled by some of the numbers. And I think that's important to point out. So, Chris, anything else you want to add here before we uh, before we wrap up? I know you and I could probably talk for about another hour on this <laughs> stuff because we just keep randomly. We got just, all morning. I don't know. Yeah, we we just keep randomly like moving around here. Um, but no, I I wanted to to definitely dig in here because I think it's going to help Carl, but I also think it's going to help a lot of other people. Um, when you get to that point where you're like, you know what, I did everything I thought I was supposed to, and it's just not working. Why? And it could be things like this right here. So have a look at your listing. Make sure that you're not making any of these mistakes and uh, and always be willing to improve upon what you have. Don't think that you've you've did everything and you're done. There's always room for improvement or you have to look back and see how you did your research in the beginning and if you maybe made, made a mistake there and then learn from that mistake and don't make that mistake again when you're doing the next you know, product that, that you want to launch. So Chris, anything else you want to add here quick? I think I think that's great. I think one of the the biggest things to pull away from this guys is model what's working. Yeah. Right? Don't copy it necessarily, but in in Carl's case it looks like he did the stuff, you know, technically he did everything. Yeah. Right? But he's not necessarily modeling what's working in terms of the images. He's not necessarily modeling what's working in terms of the titles in his market. And that is one of the most critically important things to do. You can make changes down the road. You can split test the images the way that you wanted to take them. You can do all of those kinds of things. But when you're launching, it's important to model what is already selling. Mm, Don't copy it. Just model it. Yep. Take take the lessons. Look at a couple different listings and say, oh, here's the common theme. You know, they're all stacking their images this way. The, you know, they're using this kind of a lifestyle photo. They're writing their titles in this kind of a format. Start there and then kind of play around with it once you're up and running. Yeah, no, I love that. All right, Chris, that is going to wrap this up. If you guys want to download and uh, review the show notes, any links we talked about, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 222, 222 that is, and uh, you can grab all the show notes, the transcripts, all of that good stuff over there on the blog. I also want to remind you that uh, if you want to uh, learn more about how to launch your product, I've actually created a free resource for you, and you can find that by heading over to freeprivatelabelcourse.com. That's freeprivatelabelcourse.com. Everything there is laid out for you to research your product, to source your product, to launch your product, and everything in between is there for you on that. And then the last thing that I want to remind you is our live our live events. Uh, we're actually doing, uh, we're going to be doing another one coming up here, and that's where we do hot seats like this. So if you currently have a business, even if you're just in the beginning stages of your business, but you have a product launch, that's really what we want um, to help here at our live event, our TAS Breakthrough Live. If you want to learn more about that and maybe get on the early bird list, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash live, and you can do that. We've got a bunch of people already already on that waiting list, uh, and we're only going to do 30 people at that event. That's what we did last time. We had 10 hot seats and we spent all day there. We had dinner. It was just amazing. It was an awesome time. And uh, yeah, so if you want to learn more about that, maybe see some highlights from the last one, you can definitely go check that out. So that is going to wrap it up. Chris, I want you to say it with me. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll 
prep it here for you. So this You're way here, cue me up. I'm going to cue you up. But uh, let's just kind of uh, let, let's kind of do this uh, for real here. And then, you know, the funny thing was I had a guy come up to me and I mentioned him uh, recently, Jason, who actually came up to me and he goes, hey, Scott. And he kind of he, he did it perfectly. So, uh, guys, I got to remind you guys that I'm here for you. I believe in you. I'm rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on. Say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Chris, say it with me. One, two, three. Take, take action. action. Have an awesome, amazing day, guys. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Peace. <laughs> oh.